This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck podcast. Today is going to be a fun episode talking about stuff that I think needs to be brought up. I have been, I don't know, I consume a lot of content, even though, you know, we have our own podcast. I have the Free Flippers YouTube channel, but I still watch a lot of reselling content. And I was actually watching Harry Tornado and he was going through like going to Goodwill and kind of talking about like why he's buying certain things. And we actually just put out a video just like that. I like to see what other resellers that are kind of bigger than us are doing. And one of the topics he got on was he was looking through the racks and he's like, this is something that I would always pick up every single time, but now I have stopped picking it up. And it kind of feeds into this episode that if you really don't understand how sell-through rate works on eBay, you're probably going to fail. And a lot of people don't pay attention to it and they're just buying things And we've talked about it before. It could be stuff you're seeing other resellers buy that you think is going to be profitable. But are you really doing the research on your end to see if that is an item that you should purchase? So I think with Amazon, Amazon makes it incredibly simple for people to sell on their platform and sell the right items. You have Keepa. Like Amazon is the goat with data. They give you every single piece of data you will need. Keepa is a chart that you can read to see what is that item selling for? What is it sold for? What's the lowest price, the highest price? How many sellers are on that listing? How often does it sell? The sales rank of the item. And they really give you, it's data-driven. And on eBay, it's not so data-driven. You have sold comps, you have the seller rate, and then you have Terapeak. You don't have a Keepa chart. So I think that makes it to where you really should be paying attention to sell-through rate more because you don't have charts like Keepa that Amazon provides for sellers. Yeah, that's really interesting. I was just listening to something the other day. Actually, I can't remember if it was a podcast or YouTube video or like an Instagram story, but they were talking about how you can set your um, like eBay filters to filter. Like when you search an item, it'll only show sold and completed items. And they were talking about like having the ability to do that. Is it possible? And like how, like step by step, how to do that. And I understand that like it's kind of annoying to go through like when you do the search, type in your search words, and then you have to, you know, go over in the app. If you're doing this on your phone, you have to like open it up kind of and then scroll down and toggle back to sold and completed items. I know that's kind of a pain in the butt to do, but. The reason that you should do that every single time is that when you do the initial search, you want to see how many of those items are listed versus when you do the toggle to sold and completed, how many of those items are sold. And if you just set your phone, the app, whatever to sold and completed, you're only getting like half the picture. Like Liz is saying, you know, like it's, it's important information and I know it's time consuming and it's tedious, especially if you're doing a ton of sourcing. But if you're serious about doing well and being successful on eBay, it's just one of those things that you just kind of have to suck up and do, you know? 
Yeah, and I think people do make the mistake of only looking at sold comps because that is half the picture. So if you're seeing an item and you're seeing a thousand plus listings sold, you're like, oh, this has got to be an item that sells through. But what if there's 8,000 of those items listed? And I think that was kind of the example that Harry Tornado was using was, yeah, it looks like there's a lot that sell, but honestly, there's so many listed. He figured it out. It was going to take probably 17 to 18 months for that item to sell because there were so many of them listed. And I think it goes back to people are in a hurry. Like, you know, if you're doing this part-time and you don't have a lot of time to be putting into sourcing, it is time consuming to go in. And really you should be checking those things. That is just so important. So I think that, I mean, if they're giving us that information, then we need to be taking that information and making a good buying decision based off of that. You could probably go without checking some items, but if you want to really scale and you really want to build your business, even if you feel like that item you're looking at, like let's use the North Face example. And I think that could have been the one that he used. We used to pick up North Face all the time. It was like one of those items where we're like, ooh, we found it. We're so excited. Like it was something that, you know, we were always looking for and we did, we would just grab it off the racks. Now it's like, I'm not listing a North Face shirt, which honestly we sold one today and we, I marked it down and I sent an offer. We sold it for $12.82 and it was just a basic North Face t-shirt where before we would have sold it for $25, but the value of that particular brand has decreased and it's gone down. And those are some of the things why checking sell-through rate is really important because you don't know when a brand is going to tank. And it could be something goes viral on TikTok and all of a sudden that brand becomes so popular that there's a lot of demand and not supply. And then the opposite could happen where because people see that particular brand, then they're going out and buying it and it just, and people are listing it. And then there's just too many of them for sale and not enough buyers. So it kind of goes both ways. Or even, you know, we've seen this a lot in the last couple of years, a brand or a product or something can come under fire for ethical reasons and all of a sudden people are like boycotting those products you know and if you've gotten if you've sourced a ton of them you're going to be kind of stuck with them so it's you know we've spoken about this in recent episodes just previously about you know staying on top of trends and watching things as they happen like on tiktok and social media and whatnot it's important to stay on top of that stuff because you don't want to be you know, you don't want to be the last to know that you're you have boxes of this inventory, and all of a sudden the brand is like rut row. We really messed up here. Like for whatever, I just hit my mic. <laughs> we really messed up here for you know whatever X Y Z they did or didn't do or whatever the reason might be. And now you you're you're going to be hard pressed probably to find buyers for these boxes of products that you you purchased to sell. We did that uh, America's Thrift. So that was a way that we got inventory. And they were very specific with some of the boxes that they were going to send. So you could buy like a Harley Davidson one, a t-shirt one. We did an adventure supply. And it, was, it wasn't it was a box. It was a micro bale. So it was 100 pounds of clothing. And we got a lot. And I mean a lot of Carhartt. And that was fine because Carhartt mm-hmm. sells okay. But it was just basic t-shirts. Some of them had holes, rips, stains. That brand is kind of tough. You really have to check over Carhartt items because it's workwear. People are wearing it. 
you know, mechanics and farmers and, you know, you have that, that's the buyer base. So a lot of those items people have been, you know, wearing to work in and, and they do have stains and holes. And that was one of the disappointing things. We opened it up and we were so excited that, you know, we thought we had really good items. And then when we really started inspecting them or were ready to photograph them and under light items always look different than what you're just looking at just, you know, in the living room or even at a thrift store, you know, you're looking stuff over in a thrift store and then you get it home and you're like, oh man, how did I miss that? Like that is a giant hole in the armpit. How in the world did I miss it? So it goes back to definitely be looking up these items because you don't want to be stuck with them. But because we have all that Carhartt, then that was going to be my point. I went off on a little tangent. Now we're going back on, we're getting back on the train. But one of the things that when you get to a point where you realize you have way too much of a brand or an item, it's time to liquidate. It kind of, it hurts the ones that are listed because you're going to liquidate them and, and mark the price down low. But you can't always listen to what everyone else says. Like resellers get mad that people are pricing things at a certain amount. But if it's an item that is just sitting in your business and it's not moving and you know that it's just not going to go up in value anytime soon, try to get rid of it, liquidate it, move on, start buying other things that you know are going to be a bigger profit. Casey and I have done a great job. We are keeping up on listing, sourcing. We don't have a giant death pile we do have stuff back on the dining room table, but that will go away because we are now in a position where if it does not sell, like if it's not going to sell within three months and it's not going to sell for over $30, we're passing on all of those items. And I feel like there's so many items under $20 listed. So we want to focus on those items. And by focusing on the higher average sale price, those items have a higher sell-through rate is what we're finding because those items you're sometimes buying for more, like we're trying to find bigger ticket items. And those are items that not everybody is picking up. So that's been really, really helping our business, but also going back and, and checking things, you know, and we'll double check things. Like I'll look at something in the cart that Casey's put in and I'll look it up and I'll be like, I just don't think that's a good buy. So we're getting to the point where we're buying less, listing less, and now we have more time to do other things, which is always the goal. Yeah, I think that's important. I, I This thought has been rolling around in my head for the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks or so. And the information that, you know, we've been consuming and kind of talking about on the podcast, it's starting to like formulate this idea, I suppose. So I'm going to spit it out there and see if it makes sense to anybody else. But it seems to me that, you know, we've seen a couple shifts in like the reselling world um, in the last like couple years since like, I would say 2019, 2020, um, you know, obviously all of the happenings in 2020, like prompted a huge shift for all of us as well. You know, everything shifted to online purchasing for a while there, you know, because the stores were closed. But and, you know, if you were a reseller, then you you know how wild and crazy it was, you could pretty much sell anything at like a premium. Um, it was just kind of wild. So now, like, especially sellers that sort of started around that time, they're used to sales sort of coming a little bit more easily to them. And right now, especially with it, you know, being summer and a lot of people talking about summer slowdown and all this stuff. And, you know, we've done episodes about that as well. But I think that there's another shift happening with a lot of platforms going towards live selling, 
Um, a lot of sellers that might have started in 2020 sort of needing to figure out their business. Are they going to stick with it? Are they going to try to push through doing what they're doing? Are they going to try to restructure and maybe do something else? I've seen a lot of people on Instagram specifically in the last like two weeks talking about different things that they're going to be trying in their business because what they've been doing just isn't working anymore. And, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times in previous episodes about trying to raise your ASP, sourcing better products, um, higher sell-through rate, all of this stuff. So you guys are doing less work, making more money though, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that a lot of people should reevaluate. If you're one of those people who are thinking to themselves or talking about you're not having uh, as much success as you were in the last like year or two. Like this is something that you really should consider, like hear us consider doing this, Um, find a different niche to explore. This is the time to do that stuff. Also, by the way, like during the summer, you don't want to be like trying to learn about, you know, video games. If you have no knowledge of video games, during like Q4. That's not the time to learn a new niche. This is it right now. Like broaden your horizons, expand your knowledge, um, learn, you know, how to calculate sell-through rate. We've done an episode about that previously, how to calculate it um, and just, you know, go do some research in stores. So you're better at figuring these things out. Should I, you don't even have to source stuff. Just go and do some research for like 20, 30 minutes and sort of test yourself, you know, Um, and then watch those items. So just a quick little side note, like when I was in high school, we had this class called, I think it was government and economics. And our teacher in that class, we were starting to learn about finances and stocks and balancing a checkbook and all that good stuff. Well, he would have us pick stocks at the beginning of the year and we had to track them. Like, I think we had that class twice a week or three times a week. I don't remember. It wasn't like an everyday class. Um, so every time we had that class, we would have to track the stock and we had this little notebook and we'd have to keep, you know, pencil and paper to track the stock. And at the end of the semester or whatever it was, the year, half the year, whatever, um, we would have to see if, did we make money? We were, you know, obviously using fake money, but did we make money, break even, lose money? You know, he wanted us following like trends and stuff. Like, was this a good purchase? Was it not a good investment? So kind of like the same thing as this government and economics class, you can like fake source, you know, like give yourself a fake thousand dollars and go to Target or Walmart or something and do some research, write it all down, take pictures of like the barcodes, whatever, and then keep following that item for the next like 30 days and see how it does, you know, follow it into Q4. If you've never done RA before and you're kind of nervous and stepping into it right now, just do some like fake sourcing and keep track of those, you know, fake investments, right? And follow that into Q4 and see how you would have done. And that will give you confidence and knowledge going forward into like, well, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, spent $250 on those Coco Merlin dolls. You know what I mean? Uh, We've talked about that before too. I think it's important to start, thinking about how you're going to shift your business moving forward because there is a shift happening in general in like online selling with live selling with resellers with the community right now it's happening i can feel it i can see it people are talking about it i don't know where it's going to lead us but you know if you're not moving forward if you're not trying new things you're you're going to get stuck and we don't want you guys to get stuck I'm glad you brought that up, though, that you're seeing that on social media, because I have two. 
And one of the things I'm also noticing is I'm seeing more full-time resellers going back into the workforce. People, you know, going back and getting jobs. I can't remember the handle. It's a girl. She is now going to be teaching high school English or something. Like she's going back to teaching. Like reselling just wasn't working out. And we're not saying that to like discourage anyone from reselling. It's just the people that survive are the ones that pivot with the changes. I mean, look at Rally Roots, look at even Harry Tornado, and I follow Flip the World Texas. They're doing live selling, and they are having a lot of success. And it doesn't mean that you need to do it, but if it's something that you enjoy or or you would be good at, dive into it and see if that would be something that would change your business and make you more successful. Casey and I have an opportunity. Actually, I'm going to be documenting it and putting it on our Freeway Flipper social media. Our friends have a wholesale business that they're going to be opening up in Phoenix. And they're the ones that they get truckloads of Home Depot pallets, Target pallets, Amazon pallets, all that kind of stuff. And they want us to come out and test it out because they want to see our opinion as resellers, like how can they help resellers in the area and sell to them and, you know, turn it into a business. So that's something that I'm really excited to try. That's another thing. It's going to be a lot of money for a pallet, but we just got that 16-foot utility trailer, so we have something to go pick it up. We have places to store it here, and we would like to be in a position where we have a partnership with somebody like that, where they call us up, hey, we've got this new inventory in, come check it out, come buy it, and then we're selling it eBay and then probably locally as well, and it's probably going to be higher ticket items. So that's kind of where we're shifting and I'm excited about it because I am just, I am so tired of photographing clothes. Like I don't even like looking in my own closet because the only thing I can think about is having to photograph the stuff that's still in the spare room. I just have a box of jeans and that's about it. I've caught up on listing, but I'm just tired of wasting my time with those lower ticket items. I don't, you know, I used to, if I spent a dollar and made a dollar, I was happy. I'm not like that anymore. It's just a waste of my time. There's plenty of inventory out there. I don't feel a scarcity for inventory. I feel like we're broadening, you know, our reselling business and I'm excited about it. All right. So I wanted to explain like an example of like what product would be like the ideal product. Like these are products that we're looking for. And not only are we focusing on the higher ticket items, we're adding discontinued items and things like that, beauty items and hardware items to our inventory as well. Casey and I went to Safeway to just get stuff for dinner and they have this little area where it's all their clearance items. And I always go over there and look through and I scan and I try to find something. So I found the Xanfil Poison Ivy. It's like a salve or a wash. And I looked it up and I was like, cha-ching, like this. I wish there were, I would have bought all of them. But this item, at the time when I looked, there was 15 active listings. So 15 of them listed and 217 sold. Uh-huh. Average to about seven to eight were selling a day. So I knew if I bought this, it was going to sell within probably two, three days. That is an ideal product. I looked on Amazon because we sold it as a two-pack on eBay, sold it for $42 for both of them. And I looked on in the order and it was like, don't include an invoice. So I was like, oh, you're drop shipping it. And I was like, man, I should have looked on Amazon and seen what it was selling for. So on Amazon, they were selling for $69 for a two pack. So that person was going to make money off of us. But 
I don't care. It's whatever. It's a drop shipper. I got my sale. They got their sale. Everyone eats. You know, it's like, that's fine. So that was a really good item. So those are the ones that we get excited about. Those are the items we're looking for because we know that they have an excellent sell-through rate. We're not going to store them very long. We're going to sell them. We're going to get that money back in our pocket and just reinvest it with more products. So I would really encourage anyone listening to this episode, definitely take the time to check sell-through rate, but also go back to your older inventory and it's probably sitting because the sell-through rate has changed and you need to lower the price and try to sell through it. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day